and welcome to Killer Casting. I'm your host, Lisa Zambetti. I'm a casting director who works on all kinds of projects, including TV and film. And along the way, I've had the honor to work with some incredible artists, incredible writers, directors, and incredible other casting directors who really have set the bar for me. You know, they've really taught me an aesthetic. They've taught me about nuance and vulnerability and exposed me to stories that are not being told in the mainstream. And so I'm thrilled today to have two such people as guests to talk about their most recent film, Monica, starring Trace Lissette and Patricia Clarkson, both of whom, in my opinion, should have been nominated for Academy Awards, but that's a different conversation. And, you know, on my podcast, I like to introduce you to people who you may have never heard of or projects that might not be on your radar projects that are kind of challenging, but that are so important for you to know about. So first off, I want you to meet the casting director for Monica. This is Emily Schweber. She's cast over 100 films. She began her career working with the late Molly Finn on big budget studio features like Terminator 2, Titanic, L.A. Confidential, The Matrix, A Time to Kill, Batman Forever, but her true genius, folks, is she is known, whether she likes it or not, as the queen of independent film. And her films go to Sundance, they go to South by Southwest, Tribeca, Venice, Cannes, L.A. Film Festival. And I've been lucky enough to work with her on several films. And she's really just changed my life in so many ways. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for a great introduction. And we've worked on more than several films together, many films. Well, and I hope we have a few more, you know, in our purse coming up soon. But also with us today is truly just somebody who actually, uh, he doesn't know this, but he taught me how to direct children. And we're going to talk about that. But with us today is the director and co-writer of Monica filmmaker, Andrea Polaro. Andrea holds an MFA from CalArts. He was born in Trento, Italia. And his first feature was Medeus, starring Catalina Sandino Moreno and Brian O'Byrne, which Emily cast and I was lucky enough to assist her with. That film went on to get many prestigious awards. And his second feature, Hannah, starring Charlotte Rampling, also went on many prestigious awards. And now we come to Monica. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for this beautiful introduction. Just let me say how happy I am to be here doing this with you and with Emily, who I feel such a strong affection for. You know, we we worked, we, Emily, like, cast my first fe- feature film, and, and that was a, such a, like, a meaningful experience for me, you know, and our conversations back then, you know, like, I... I they are still with me, and, and I'm so happy to be doing this. Thank you. I remember, Andreas, Emily showed me your thesis from CalArts. Oh, really? Yes. She's, she's like, come over here and watch this film. It's so special. And I was like, peeking. I remember just like leaning over her shoulder watching it. And I was just like, what is this? This is so interesting. It is just, and I cast a lot of thesis films for AFI and USC, and I had just never seen anything with such a, Chioroscuro, is that the word? Yes, uh, yes. It's true. With yeah. such yeah, it's the lighting, the pacing, it was so incredible. And I certainly see that reflected in Monica. Uh, before we get to, I, I want to explain that I watched Monica, which anybody can go out right now, just Google Monica the film and you can watch it on AMC and a lot of other platforms. It's on Hulu oh. actually now too. It's on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Monday, right, right. Yeah. I watched it with two minds, two sets of eyes. Yeah. 
Because if you don't know the identity of the lead actress who's playing Monica, if you would know nothing about her, right, and you watch this film, it is not until 47 minutes into the film, really, it's revealed a key part of her identity. If you, if you don't know what it's about, you would say, okay, this is a film about a young woman, beautiful woman, vibrant woman who has just had a breakup with her boyfriend. She's making some those calls that you make to your ex that you wish you don't make, you know. And then she gets a call. We don't hear the other end of the conversation, but it sets her on a journey. It's clear that she's being called back home to a family that she's estranged by, and she's having some real conflicting emotions about it. She arrives back home in Ohio, and, and you know, the first person she sees is her sister-in-law, played by the beautiful Emily Browning. I want to talk about that casting, too, because she's just so luminous in this. And you just get the sense that we don't know why, but Monica hasn't seen her family in a long time. And it's been the sister-in-law who actually kind of tracked her down and asked her to come back to care for her mother, who's dying of brain cancer. And that's affecting the mother's cognitive abilities and also the, the distance of time. For whatever reason, the mother does not recognize her daughter. And so, again, if you don't know who Trace is, this is all not that unusual. She could be estranged for a lot of different reasons. She could have been maybe given up for adoption early on and is, you know, which she kind of was in a weird way. Her mother did kind of give her up. So I'm just wondering if that's in your both of your mind when if you don't. And Emily was telling me a story about her friend who didn't know the identity of Trace. Do you think about that or do you just assume, look, everybody's going to know who Trace is or no? what the story's about. No, for me, it was actually very important to introduce the spectator to her, you know, without that backstory, without the clarity of that backstory. And for the spectator to find out little by little about who she is, it's really about like, you know, like the very thin line between, you know, what as a filmmaker, I decide to share with the audience and what I decide to withhold from the spectator is a really, really crucial directing for me. It's part of, it's, it's, it's really part of the approach of, of, of allowing the spectator to find a very independent individual way to understand the character and making it their own, you know, seeing themselves reflected into the character and possibly through that process, understand something new about themselves, because that's the real catharsis of cinema for me, you know, it's like. It's, it's through that opportunity that uh, I, you know, have uh, experienced and understood something about myself in so many films I have seen as a spectator, I mean. So that's what I'm trying to recreate uh, as, a, as a filmmaker as well. Emily, any thoughts about that? Well, I do think that the story of being estranged from your family is very universal. Could be there could be so many reasons having to do with why why someone had to leave at an early age and has not felt comfortable to come back. And then and then it's really a story of going back home and and becoming part of the family again or being accepted. So that being the main theme is is what the movie is about. And and, and it's a beautiful, very, very sensitive and, you know, very very held back performance about a woman who isn't, you know, doesn't know if she can be herself with her family. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd like to add that, you know, the, as, as Emily was saying, you know, like we have all experienced, like the, the, 
the feeling of abandonment, of not being recognized for who we are, of not being understood or accepted, uh, is something that uh, is so inherent in the human experience. It's something that can all relate to, to a certain extent. Of course, Monica experiences to an extreme, but uh, through her, you know, we can relate to her and we can, you know, re-experience, uh, you know, those, those moments in our lives where we felt like her, you know, so that was really like what motivated me to tell this story, really. Do you have, tell me about the genesis of it. I know you co-wrote it with a, a writing partner, Orlando Tirado. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, yes, that's correct. And it's a story that is really inspired by the journey of a very dear friend of mine. And I, I wouldn't say it's her story, but it draws a, a very clear parallel with her story. Monica, I mean. And, and yes, my intention was, was really to delve into the complexities and the, the dynamics of what it means to be abandoned, of not being recognized really, and the lens that we go to in order to heal those wounds. Because I do believe that that is, is something that affects not only the way we are in the world, the way we interact with the other people, but also our relationship with ourselves. And as Monica arrives home and is introduced to her mother as a caregiver, she's not, her identity is, is kept, you know, kind of secret by the family, her brother and sister-in-law and the other home health caregiver just refer to her as another set of hands to help. And the big tension in the film is, does the mom, played by Patricia Clarkson, does she know mm. in her bones who this is? Does she come to know who, who it is? And does she accept in her own way who this is? So, and, and it's that journey, their relationship as as, and I find it so authentic. And this is what I love about the film, Andrea. You don't have the after-school special scenes yeah. of a mom and a daughter having the big conversations about their conflict and why they hated each other. And Like, that's what you're kind of expecting to have these scenes that are just so typical. And you totally eschew those. You totally, and I find that very authentic. Like, when I go yeah. home, to family members who have very, very different political ideologies from me. And it would be a source of a huge explosion if we talked that through. Just sitting next to someone and sharing a beer, that's about as intimate as we can get. Absolutely. Very often it's about what we don't say to one another, you know, what we keep, you know, within ourselves, you know. And, you know, th there are very specific moments in which we do understand that uh, Eugenie recognizes her daughter, you know, and even a moment in which she communicates that to Monica, you know, but without words. Mm -hmm. And and so it, it's really a film that, uh, you know, the, the glances, like the communications without dialogue, really. I mean, I, I you know, over the, the time, because it's, you know, it's been a few years, I, I've seen the film three or four times. So I, I, I feel that I know the very specific moment where I feel that Patricia Clarkson's character, the mother, understood that this was her daughter. But I think maybe the first time I, I saw it, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on it. But now I feel that I, I can see the, the, the process more clearly. So let's reveal for the audience, you know, the, the nugget of the movie is that Trace Lissette is a, a woman who has transitioned. She's a trans woman. I, I call them women who transition. That's how I refer to them. 
And so if you know that going in, then it's pretty obvious what her conflict is. And Andrea, you put her in situations that I had such fear for her as a trans mm -hmm. person. And maybe it's because of what's happening in the world. It's in the zeitgeist. There's so much danger. There's so much hatred. There's so much vitriol against the trans community that you put her in situations where I was like clenching my 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 teeth like, oh, gosh, you know, she goes into a restroom just to, you know, use the restroom. And she completely passes as a female. She is a woman. She she passes. Yeah. But because you have her go into the restroom and nobody notices, nobody gives her a second look, you know, she's just using the restroom, doing her makeup. But I felt such anxiety for her. I mean, were you aware of that when you're building scenes like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, you know, for me, the tension, you know, to, to, and to be able to pull that tension as a string throughout the entire film was something that uh, I tried to sculpt throughout and I was very aware of. Yeah. I was going to say, cause she's also in a bar. Look, just as a woman sitting by yourself in a bar, you're a target for all kinds of idiots to come up to you, you know? And so, so, and so there's a scene where she is in a bar and I'm like, is there going to be this big discovery? Is somebody going to come up to her and say something awful? Hey, you tranny queer, you know, and, and just make a big fuss. And that moment doesn't happen. And it's such a sigh of relief for me. Yeah. But the fear that it may happen is yeah. something that's present throughout the film, of course. But, and I should also say that, you know, all of this was able to be realized thanks to, you know, the beautiful, subtle performance of Trace Lizette and of course the rest of the cast. And, and this is why, like, you know, like the most consequential, the most important, crucial choice, you know, that we had, you know, in making this film was to find, you know, the artist, you know, the person that could embody this character, you know, and that's, you know, where you know, the, the collaboration with, with Emily was so important, you know, and at the heart of the film, really, because finding that person was really the most important thing for us. Emily, can you talk about that journey to put Trace in this film? The interesting thing is that when we started casting and in the script, the woman was in her 50s. Mm -hmm. and oh, so, wow. And so we, we, we did, you know, what we call a casting, casting search. Now, this was in 2016. So I think things have changed a lot, but we, you know, when, when you're a casting director and you're hired to do a search, of course, you know, you may know who could be right for something and there could be, a, you know, an obvious choice. And, but then, but your job is of course to, for your director and producers is to look and find as many choices as you can to present. So of course, you know, Andrea wanted to see who was out there and meet as many, you know, actresses that could be right for the role. And I mean, this is the thing that about, that I love about working with Andrea is that, is that he knows who he connects with and he knows who is right. It's not, it's a very personal process. And it's kind of like our, our honor to, you know, of like, if you're a chef and then you're, you're kind of making this meal and, and presenting these courses, but, but, you know, you know, your taste. Yeah. And I mean, Trace was the only choice and the only yes. person that you that you connected with. And then, and then all of us, you know, the, the producers and, you know, and, and I was saying, but she's too young, but she's not what you wanted, but she's not what you said. Yeah. Well, you know, but you said it's okay. And yeah, we, we, but in the script, we it was so okay. We, 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 we rewrote it to, to fit there actually. Yes. This is a very important lesson, Emily, to casting 
directors out there that, you know, you, you bring the director what they say they want, but then you bring them, yeah. what you know, they need, you know, and you have to look outside the box, especially with a pool like this, which I would imagine is a very small pool of, of professional actors in quote, in inverted commas. You probably did a real person search too. I would imagine you really reached out to the community to try to look look in every corner, and and that's that takes a lot of work and a lot of that's you can't just put out a breakdown about something like that. You've got to really reach out and be trusted by the community as well if you're going to represent them, you know, in this yeah. way. Yes, and also I should add that that's not to say that the, you know all the candidates that I met before Trace were not really fascinating and, and interesting and, and great in many respects. You know, there, there were many of them actually were candidates that I did think about for, for, for a while, but, but they did not convince me to embody the character, you know, mm-hmm. as much Trace, Trace really when, when, when I met, when, when we, when we saw you know, the audition tapes that she provided, uh, thanks to Emily, you know, it was clear, it was immediate, you know, that like, okay, now, now we, we found something that, you know, we, we, we found it. Yeah. And I, I just want to say that the, the casting experience on this film was so profound and, and really, you know, they weren't just auditions. They were like people sharing their stories. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Stories true. that I, that I really, you know, hadn't heard because it, it the character is, is relatable and, and what she goes through and the backstory was something that a lot of trans actresses related to and spoke about to us. So it was, it was very personal and intimate. and Yeah, exactly. And I, I still remember actually every single one of these conversations and every single one of these meetings because they were so meaningful and, and really so special. I would imagine that finding the actress to play the mother in this was challenging. I mean, there are, I can think of a, lots and lots of great actresses who could do it. What made Patricia Clarkson your choice to do it? Well, actually, I had met Patricia in Marrakesh a few years prior. Like she was in a jury presided by Martin Scorsese and and with so many other great jury members like Mario Cotillard mm-hmm. and. In that occasion, they gave me an award for best director for my first film. And so we, at the award ceremony, we ended up talking and, you know, she said, she, we, we shared how much we, it would be great to work together one day. And so she was always uh, in, in the back of, of, of my mind. But yeah, so yeah, she, she became like a natural choice. Emily, what she, do you think she Patricia? agreed to do the movie way before it was ready to to. <laughs> oh, that's a absolutely. And in, mean, fact, uh, in fact, she, you know, I remember we sent her on like the script and the next day she uh, I, I'd asked to meet, you know, so it was like really so, so beautiful. Emily, what do you, how would you describe her performance in this as the mother? What do you, what do you see in her performance that is so profound? I mean, the movie is very, very, I mean, everyone's performance, I think. Uh, the, the movie is very grounded and very real. And I believed every moment of, of her illness. It was, it wasn't, it was like, there were moments when she was less there or, you know, had, there were some, some kind of confusion, memory issues, but then there were moments where she was totally there, but maybe, you know, in pain or cranky or, and then she was loving to her family. I mean, it was just, just, 
exactly what you could imagine someone who's dealing with with you know with her own with her illness you know w- would be and I, and she would you know i mean she she really promoted the hell out of this movie and gave all these great interviews and and just talked about you know being it was a performance without any vanity you know she wasn't right she wasn't made up she for sure. You know, she was in the bathtub and all these things. Yeah. She's she's that so- a lot of actresses wouldn't wouldn't probably have agreed to do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And do you want to talk about the the supporting cast? Josh Close, Emily Browning, and uh, Diana Oh my goodness. Yes, of course. Well, you know, everybody came together in you know, I felt so much enthusiasm and commitment. You know, like uh, Emily they the character, her involvement, uh, you know, came in at the very last minute because another actress uh, was attached to her. But it was thanks to Emily, actually, because she, she like her name actually popped up from a list that Emily sent. And, uh, so Emily Schweber, we mean. Emily Schweber, of, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd followed her through the years uh, and... I'd been so captivated by so many of her performances. Mm. You know, one being Sleeping Beauty, it was really affecting. Like, it had been a very, very powerful performance for me. And so when I read their name among the list that um, Emily sent me, it, it was a, I was like, oh my God, how could I have not thought about her? No, but, but this is what's so brilliant about Emily Schweber. I would never have put Emily Browning's name on a list to play an Ohio housewife who is like, just, I just, I would never have thought of her at all. I mean, Emily Browning is British, right? And she's kind of oh, known. She's Australian. Oh, she's Australian. Excuse me. Emily, Emily Browning is Australian. And you just don't think of her in terms, not that the role is like a mousy character or anything, but, you know, she's not the lead. She's a very important gear yeah. in the clock for sure. But I think that was just, and her, she's so luminous and shiny and, it's just amazing and she's playing the mom of like you know a brood of kids and her she's struggling with her marriage but she's got this sunny disposition and is trying to be helpful and I just would never have thought of her in that oh and I am so very grateful that I had the opportunity to work with her because she's extraordinary on every level and I really hope we'll have a chance to work together again you know so thank you Emily so much for that I mean, it was such a small cast that, you know, it makes every single role that much more important. Yes. You want yeah. to Josh Close, Emily? I think he's been on your list for a long time that you've liked him for quite a long Amazing time. Amazing, Josh. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't do, again, I didn't, I was, I was just the messenger, you know? I mean, I do think of certain people or, you know, you look, we look at a lot of auditions and we send certain ones to the director, but I, I sent a lot of auditions. To so many. Do you remember, like, we actually. There was no one. So many tapes you sent us. Yes, it's true. I think it's so amazing that you don't spell out exactly what went down in this family. But when I watched it, I had the sense that there was a very there's a character that's missing. And that's the character of the father. Mm-hmm. And you do have the sense that it's really the father that really was the force for uh, Monica leaving home. You get that sense that it was his yeah. sort of hammer that was coming down and was making the mom give up her her son, her her child, so that they could go and, and become what they needed to become. And you could sort of sense that in Josh Close, who plays the brother, his character too, that feeling of that tightness about his father and how they, they let the, the house go after he died. They just, they, they let it go. 
I just love that. And it's never really spelled out, but but you just, just those little hints. And I love that as an audience member that it's not laid out for me, that I yeah. have to really do some thinking and putting things together and trusting that it, that it is there. Thank you, Lisa, for saying that, because that, as, as I said before, it's such an important part of the journey. I inviting, I'm inviting the spectator to be on, you know, like this, this, you know, getting to know these characters little by little, you know, and, and, and being an active participant in that discovery. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I would say that your style, for me, it's a very fly on the wall documentarian, you know, kind of observing style. And you linger, I have noticed this in so many of your, of your work, that you let the camera linger, you let it breathe with the person who's on the screen in ways that I think make some audience members uncomfortable. It's like, wait, yeah. we're used to the TikTok fast cuts. Let's go, let's go, move it along, you know? But you really linger almost over every pore of somebody's face or or sometimes obscure their face. And yeah. you see you only catch part of their face and a really extraordinary emotional moment in the reflection of a mirror or, you know, or. And that is what contributes to the tension. You eventually yeah. are wanting to see more or wanting to understand more or wanting you know, yeah, of course. But for people who aren't used to that, who, who are used to having a great two shot of, of something or, or who are used to just more commercial fare, yes. it can be very, it can be off-putting. It can feel uncomfortable. And, and it's something that I love and I appreciate so much about your work. Thank you. Because and for me, really, one of the most extraordinary things that the cinema can gift us is the opportunity to penetrate the internal world of a character, you know, their emotional and psychological world. And that is achieved for me through that, you know, process of just staying with the character, you know, like giving it, giving them time, you know, to observe that. Emily, any, any response? That made me think of a one, one scene in the, in the movie where when, when Monica arrives from her journey to go to, you know, her, her childhood home and she, when she gets there, she just sits in the car. She just sits in the car, you know, with her, yeah. you know, in, in the driver's seat and looks at the house and we wait and we wait. And it's just like, it doesn't, you know, she didn't have to jump out of the car and go because that's not what she wanted to do. She was hesitant. She could have as easily have just driven away, but we wait. And it's one of those, those, those moments that, you know, that, that Andrea chose to do to, we don't get those moments a lot where, where it's sort of like nothing's moving, nothing is happening. But yeah. there's a reason for it. Yeah, I really appreciate She's that. Forcing yourself to get ready to get out of that car and go inside. Right, right, right. I guess to wrap up, the one thing I want to ask you about is the casting of the children in this film. There were there are two children in the film that are Monica's nieces and nephews. Are they? Are they it's a boy and a girl. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm very curious about the casting and and the visual impact of those kids. Do you want to? Yeah, of you know course. What I'm talking about? Yeah, and. I, for me, from the very beginning, you know, the character of Brody and the relationship that he has with Monica was, you know, somewhat one of the hearts of the film. So Brody you know, like, is the little nephew. Brody, sorry. The, the, yes. Right. Eight years old or how old do you think this? He's actually like about seven years old. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, to find, you know, the little boy that, you know, could bring that relationship to life was really challenging. Actually, we saw a lot of boys from in Cincinnati where we shot mm. and and then ended up being the 
The one because, you know, he, he, he was able to reveal a sensitivity that was really important in, in order to understand, uh, you know, that, you know, he has some traits that uh, Monica identifies with, you know, and, and that, you know, in the last shot, when she looks at him perform the national anthem at, in his school, you know, that the thought of like looking at him with the hope that uh, he might not have to endure, you know, the struggles and the difficulties, you know, that uh, she did, you know, that, that, that was a really important way to leave the audience, uh, I think for me. And so to find that the right boy was, was crucial. And then, you know, his sister, I actually was someone that I I'd initially had a very different idea of her in mind, but uh, it came really to the casting process. I, 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 I was so captivated and, and, and believed in her so much that I rewrote the character really. But, what me. I just think is interesting is that sh this little girl, she's got a very, very short, short yes, haircut. Short hair. So at first when I saw her, I thought, oh, these are two little boys, but then she has earrings and then sometimes she wears like kind of a blousey top, but then sometimes she's just, she doesn't. And I just think that that is just so, so true that our, I mean, I, I, I we go on and on about gender politics and dynamics and stuff and, and who gets to wear pink and who doesn't get to wear pink and stuff like that. But that, you know, little kids, when they're playing out in the dirt, they might be wearing cowboy boots and a big floppy hat or not. Or they might, you know, like just that the freedom of these children to be who they want to be without indicting yes. them or making it or really making a political statement really about it. Yeah, absolutely. But also to create a generational shift, you know, between Monica and the new generation. You know, like, and, and how the future might look like. Mm -hmm. And again, the, the kind of the last shot of the film is there in this auditorium, this sort of, you know, elementary school auditorium. There's like a little graduation going on. And I was just waiting for that typical scene of some going, hey, aren't you a dude? And didn't you go to school? You know, I was waiting for that and that awful, some kind of reckoning to happen. And it doesn't happen. They just yeah. go to the graduation and they look at their kids and they're so proud. And it's like, that's the huge, that's the bigger statement, that it doesn't have to be a political. She doesn't have to be wearing a, I'm trans, you know, she doesn't have to be wearing it. Honestly, she's just a human being with her family and accepted with her family. There aren't any weird looks. There isn't, there isn't any whispering or that, at least that I could perceive, you know. And that's such a huge statement. I think it's just a really brave statement, sadly, that that's a brave statement to just be. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. And, and that was what, what I really wanted the, you know, the, the ending to be like. You know, I wanted the spectator to leave the theater with that feeling. Emily, anything else you want to say about the, the movie or the process or any other? We did have a great local casting director who worked on the kids, Lynn Myers, in Cincinnati. She's the head of the... Cincinnati Ensemble Theater. And I've, I've, I've worked with her before on a couple other movies. Yeah, she had such a great energy and so much enthusiasm and was so dedicated towards our film. So, so yeah, so and that, 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 that casting of the kids, especially Brody, was so important. I love the ending of the movie. Yeah. Well, I hope that you all go and take the time to find Monica. As Andrea said, it's on Hulu. You, if you just Google Monica the movie, you'll see it. it's available on uh, many different platforms. It's so beautiful and so worth your time. And then go back and, 
and watch Hannah and watch Medeus. Please know, learn about uh, Andrea Pilaro. He's just an incredible, incredible artist. And it's so nice to see you again. It's as always. Thank you. Thank and- you, Emily. Oh, thank we will be so many more films together. I'll to- hold you to it. And thank you, Emily, my reluctant mentor, fairy godmother, for, for visiting me today. And for now, this is Killer Casting signing off. Mm-hmm.